Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Fraser Valander podcast. I'm Jack Williamson, an economist here at the Institute, and today I'm joined by our Deputy Director, Emma Congreve. Emma, thanks for joining us today and for our weekly update on all things economics. So um, I'm going to kick right off. Yesterday, the ONS revealed that UK monthly real GDP data showed no growth in February. Can you give us an insight into which sectors of the economy are performing well and which are underperforming? Yeah, it's been an interesting few months with GDP statistics because what we've actually um, seen in some of the the figures month to month has been the impact of some of the strikes that have been happening. Um, I mean, obviously it makes sense that the public sector is quite a large part of our economy. So if um, teachers, civil servants, doctors, nurses are downing tools, then that will affect obviously the amount of, of output that they are able to contribute to the economy. Um, So what we have seen is uh, in February, as we've seen in previous months, that the impact of the strike action is actually driving um, kind of the whether or not we're seeing a a rise or a fall in in the numbers. Um, So that's that's certainly what we've seen in February with the ONS thinking that it's particularly the teacher and civil servant strikes in February that are the main drivers of this small fall in GDP over the month. It's, it's still kind of around zero and we're still kind of teetering on that precipice of um, recession or no recession. But in terms of some of the other sectors, that, there was a little bit of good news, particularly in retail. There was a bit of an uh, expansion in, in that sector in February. Construction also growing, but we did have a fall in production output. So it is all on um, a bit of a knife edge, really. Um, so whilst you know not not terrible news you know nothing beyond what we were expecting still um gdp figures that are very much sort of putting us around the the zero mark um and yeah as as far as we know that's going to continue for some time thanks uh stagnation is hardly a cause for celebration but in the context of previously expected recession things are definitely looking marginally better um, there's still a lot of debate about whether the UK will enter a recession this year. Um, although, like we said, it is looking less likely. What do you make of the recent IMF forecast that the UK economy is predicted to shrink by 0.3% in 2023? Yeah, so the IMF um, figures out um, this week covered um, quite a lot of, of countries. And um, the main headline that we saw was that the UK is kind of at the um, the bottom of the pack um, for 2023 in terms of G- G7 economies. Um, so, I mean, it's very uncertain. It's very difficult for any forecaster to be operating in, in, in a kind of um, inflationary uncertainty that we're facing at the moment. But most people are kind of consistently saying that they think we'll either have very weak growth, but quite possibly over the course of the of the 12 months of 2023, probably um, the sort of balance of opinion at the moment is more likely that we'll have a, a, a reduction in, in GDP, so our economy will shrink. Now, that's not necessarily um, the same as saying we will be in recession, because recession has a very technical definition of us being in a negative growth for two uh, quarters. Of course, you can have a contraction uh, over the year and not meet that definition of a recession. Um, I guess the key takeaway from that is it doesn't really matter exactly how we label it. It's still going to feel the same. <laughs> you know, um, we're in, as, as, as you said, that kind of 
um, stagflation, um, stagnation, uh, well, both of those terms are correct in terms of, of, of where, of what it feels like at the moment. And, um, you know, we had forecasts out a few uh, weeks ago as part of our commentary, which for, were for Scotland pointing to uh, um, an overall contraction in 2023. I don't think there's any new information um, out since then that would make us change that view. Um, although, you know, things will change over the course of the year. So yeah, it's a uh, not not a great place for the um, for those that care about the health of the economy. Clearly, um, and you know the, these impacts of some of these issues like strikes are going to continue. You know we have um, doctors in England striking at the moment, so that will come through in in UK GDP statistics um, in the you know in the next few months. And, and Scotland's not out of the woods yet in terms of of that industrial action. Yeah, that's such an interesting point that an overall reduction in GDP, um, you know, could could be met despite not going into a technical recession. Um, so on the keeping on the subject of statistics, there is a letter this week from the UK Statistics Authority regarding the Scottish government's use of statistics. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Of course, yeah. So the UK Statistics Authority is often asked to review. Um, the government's use of statistics, and that can be the UK government, Scottish government, or you know any of the devolved administrations. Um, and they they are often asked to to have a look at the way um, statistics have been used and sort of to pass judgment on whether they are being used correctly, or um, or being used in in a misleading way. Um, so this week we had a reply from the UK Stats Authority following a letter a Labour MSP had written asking about a set of figures that the Scottish Government has been using over the last six months to a year on um, support for cost of living and some of the money that the Scottish Government says it's put towards cost of living measures. So the figure the government had been using of three billion, um, some analysis had been done by the Scottish uh, Parliament Information Centre that looked at sort of the timeline for some of those announcements and when they actually happened, when the money was actually committed. And, and it looked like from their analysis quite clearly that some of that money was predating the cost of living crisis. So the, the issue being you can't spend money on a crisis if the crisis hasn't happened yet. So allocating and saying oh, that three billion was all in response to the cost of living crisis um, in the view of, of this Labour MSP was, uh, was misleading. Um, and as we saw in the response from the Stats Authority, they, they pretty much agreed and um, said, you know, it's very important that we have um, a correct use of statistics by government. Um, they said, and I quote, we would like to see the Scottish government communicate externally how policies were chosen to be included in the announcement to aid understanding of how much extra funding was allocated to support the cost of living crisis. Um, so it's a bit of a public rap on the knuckles for the, the Scottish government. Um, it's probably what's happened is someone's got carried away with a big number and forgotten to check exactly what the number relates to and mislaid the caveats. <laughs> so it's, you know, rather than it being like a deliberate attempt to mislead, but still there should be procedures in place to make sure that that doesn't happen. And, and this figure was used uh, multiple times. It wasn't just a one-off. So, you know, we, we would we would hope the government will learn um, the lesson from this and be a bit more careful with how they're using um, figures like this in the future. Thank you. Staying on the topic of Scottish government, um, they've been in the news this week for other reasons, but from an economic policy perspective, uh, what have we seen from the first few weeks of the new FM? 
it's been fair to say it's been a, it's hard for, for much policy wise to have cut through given what's been going on over the last couple of weeks, but we, we certainly aren't here to dwell on that. Um, in terms of what's sort of coming through in terms of uh, position on, on the economy and economic and policy, we haven't had a lot to, to go on just yet, other than what was we saw in the reshuffle. Um, so that gave some hints as to what might be to come. Um, our director, Mary Sparage, um, has an article in the Herald today discussing some of this. Um, and amongst some of the things she touches on is that we do still have, um, we think, the continuation of the of the economic strategy that that, that Kate Forbes really spearheaded as a time as um, as finance secretary, which um, which talks about um, not only kind of the the sort of how to to grow the economy entrepreneurial um in, investment innovation but also very much had this um this sort of commitment to reorientating our economy towards well-being and fair work and the we now have a, a cabinet secretary that has um well-being economy within uh, their title as a signal we think that you know that is still going to be the 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 themes going forwards but you know it's all very well to have that word in someone's title <laughs> what's really important is of course actually what is delivered um, and that's kind of um, what we're waiting for I suppose. It might be too early to tell but it would be great if you could give our listeners uh, a bit of a guide on some of the things we can expect the FM to deal with going forward you know what's 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 big on the plate well, I mean, as we've talked about earlier in this podcast, um, the economy is not in great shape at the moment. And while some of those pressures will ease, um, you know, inflation will start to come down. Energy prices are and, and will continue to come down. Some of those pressures on, on businesses and individuals will start to ease. Um, but obviously, there is a lot that government policy can and, and should do to kind of um, spearhead uh, you know, recovery, investment, and, um, you know, move us forward rather than just, you know, making sure that we're, we're, we're equipped to deal with, with what comes next. Um, so, you know, quite exactly what the, the new program from, from this FM will look like, you know, we, we, it is too early to tell, as you say, um, and you, he will probably take over the summer in order to kind of really assess what his priorities are. I would expect, you know, there's usually a program for government that comes out sort of August, September. And that's kind of where we will really see whether there is, a, you know, a change in direction. Um, and, you know, we'll be thinking ourselves over the summer, maybe what some of those things are that he should be prioritizing and thinking about. Um, but short term, there are a few things in particular that, that will you know have to be dealt with um you know one of the things we're mindful of and again this is touched upon a bit in Mary's um, Herald article today is actually the uh, relationship with business and the reshuffle um did see the loss of some key figures who had had a relatively good reputation when it came to sort of understanding the needs of business so Kate Forbes and, and Ivan McKee amongst them so we have to you know see what will be next in terms of, of how that relationship will be will be set um, and a key test for this actually will be we'll have to come fairly soon um, the deposit return scheme was something that came up a lot in the leadership debates and Hamza Yusuf himself said that he would want to revisit it and look at the how it works particularly for small producers 
But that's not the only crinkle that needs to be worked through in terms of the deposit return scheme. And remember, it is meant to come in in August. So not long for, for businesses that are trying to plan to make it work. Um, we've been doing some work ourselves with the hospitality sector. And we've used, heard some huge concerns from, from them. Some that just refusing to believe it's even going to happen, you know, um, just, just kind of hoping and praying it doesn't because of the implications it will have for them as a business. Um, not just the kind of, you know, how to, um, the, the sort of the, the costs in terms of, of making the return work, but, but also the storage space they will require as a business in order to store all these items that will need to be returned. Um, you know, it's it's actually quite quite a big deal for people. Um, so he's going to have to address some of these concerns soon because, as I say, it comes in in August. Dropping some elements from the deposit return scheme does mean compromising on some of the environmental benefits that the scheme is due to bring. And obviously, we have obligations um, to, you know, to, to to move forward on on areas like this in order to meet climate change obligations. So there's there's quite a lot at stake here. It's not an easy decision for him to make, but we it will be seen probably as a test of where his priorities as a first minister lie when it comes to some of these tricky questions. So definitely looking out for that in the next few weeks. Um, is not something he can dodge for for too much longer, um, and then I think we will will have a, a bit longer over the summer to kind of actually get to know him a bit better and to to really understand what some of those longer term priorities might be. Well, thank you very much for your expertise, Emma, and for keeping us updated on all things UK and Scottish economy. Um, going forward, uh, next week we expect the release um, of labour market data and some uh, inflation data. So make sure to check in with us, uh, keep an eye on our website to see what we're putting out and you know how we're commenting on these updates. And um, yep, please check out any of our recent publications and uh, join us next time on the Fraser Valander podcast. <laughs>